Got time for a quick story. Good luck trying to write a new Christmas standard. Most of the songs that get played on the radio around the holidays, most of the songs that are near the top of the streaming charts during the holidays, most of the songs you probably seek out during the holiday season are from years ago, decades ago, going back to the 1940s, the original recordings. Because those are standards. They're classic. They're timeless. When you write a new Christmas song, and people do that all the time, artists do that all the time, you know you're going up against some heavy hitters if you want to get some attention for your new Christmas song. You got to really think about what you're doing if you want to have some impact. And sometimes you just put something together and that's fine. But for a lot of musicians, they, they, they want to try to add to the canon in some way, shape, or form. Debbie Gibson has started to do just that. She has put out a new Christmas song here in late 2021 as we're taping this edition. I've got time for a quick story. and We've got her to talk about this new Christmas material. Christmas Star, it just came out. November 12th, the song. November 19th, the video. Been having it stuck in my head over the last hour as I've been doing my final prep for it because it's a really catchy song. What made you want to write it? At what point were you like, I'm going to do this song in particular? You know, first of all, thank you for saying it's catchy and stuck in your head because <laughs> I... <laughs> I have always been a fan of unashamedly catchy pop music, and that's like, you know, really what inspired me to want to hear my own songs on the radio. I was just always a fan. And similarly with Christmas music, you know, it's, uh, I love the oldies, I love the, the OG original songs, um, but, you know, it's always fun to try to contribute something new. And in writing it and saying, gosh, I want to write, you know, I want to write new original Christmas music. It's hard because so much has already been said. And, you know, you want to talk about the pencil and the trees and the feeling and the, but it's a different time and people are dealing with loss and the world is in chaos. And, you know, when I say smiles on the faces of the fans in the crowd, I just finished a run of shows in Vegas where I could only see eyes. I couldn't see the smiles. And so, you know, to kind of say, Look, the world is in a crazy place. People are polarized. Let's forgive, forget, move on, and kind of like walk your walk, be that star, be that change you want to see in the world, be that change you want to, you want to see in yourself. It's not a time for sitting around just like wishing and hoping. And so, you know, I just, I felt like that was the message in a lot of ways that I've been, I've been, uh, singing from the mountaintops all year in my pop music and it was just kind of like in keeping with that message and of course so you know it is uh uh what's the word i'm looking for i mean it's got the sleigh bells it's got the i was going to say it's wrought with that's the wrong phrase it's <laughs> we'll say wrapped in we'll say wrapped in, yeah, yeah, wrapped in all the sleigh bells and bells and whistles and and that feeling that good feeling that we all want from a Christmas song. You mentioned how tough it is to write a new standard. And I mean, I'm sitting here in the studio right now playing, I mean, in the background I'm playing on the on the air while we're recording this is a Bing Crosby song. And there's a ton of Bing Crosby right. we play and Frank Sinatra. And mm -hmm. it's, it's usually the classics. There are like 
three or four songs after 2010 that we regularly play because it's so tough to come up with a new standard. Right. Uh, What does it take, do you feel, to be able to write something? And this is a real tricky question. You as a songwriter, especially, probably you're thinking about this a lot. How do you write something that can be timeless in a genre that is pretty much established what already is timeless? I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, first of all, one of my secrets to songwriting is I don't think too hard. Like, I think about what I want to do, and then I let it go. And then I let the magic happen. And usually, you know, I call them the song fairies. They drop something down on me. But I think the thing with me is my taste just naturally leans toward what you just said. Like, I have a foot in classics and you know pop music and holiday music and i always have a foot in the current and the modern because i live in a modern world i'm not someone who is scared to embrace new things like i think that a lot of people of certain generations they have that mentality like everything good was done in the past and i think if you can take what's good from the past and bring it to the present but not get stuck in a time machine it's like that natural balance of what you were just describing is going to happen, whether you're a songwriter, or it's going to just happen in your life. It's going to for women. Well, for women and men, it'll happen in your fashion. It'll happen in for parents, how they communicate with their kids. So I just think kind of staying relevant is a state of mind. But then also, again, like, of course, who doesn't love the Bing Crosby Christmas song? Who doesn't love the Andy Williams Christmas specials? And And I think it's like, take what's great from that put it in a blender with what's current and fresh. And I work with a 20 year old producer named Sean Thomas. He played one of my students in my Hallmark movies <laughs> and he co-produces everything I do now. He's, he's totally genius. And what I love is he too has studied the greats. He, you know, studies film scoring. He has that um, respect for the classic and the historical, but he's 20. So he's going to bring to me, like, naturally a song that sounds like a modern synth song and somebody, like, subconsciously is going to go, I heard that song in the weekends, uh, that sound in the weekends new record, right? Right. But I'm still me, and I still have my very traditional melodic sensibility That's good, that you're going to hear, too. So I think it's a matter of, yeah, who you collaborate with and kind of, like, for me, what I surround myself with in my life that just keeps things kind of fresh and new. I remember, I, I have you, you probably don't remember, remember this, but about a decade and a half ago, you were on tour with the O'Neill Brothers. And yes. came to West to was it Western Wisconsin and, and Eau Claire yes. was this old theater, the state theater. And actually, I, one of the sister stations here in the building, I was with them at the time. I actually very briefly, briefly met, to the, you know, the usual photo op backstage. I remember asking right, you right. a question about perfect pitch. Because <laughs> I had I my my choir director told me that I had had it. I've never been tested. I don't know. And I and I you're the one of the only musicians, pop musicians that I've been familiar with that that has perfect pitch. So you talk about working with you know a twenty year old coming in who I mean age is is kind of immaterial in and of that self. But right. your sense of pitch, your sense of of melody is such. Uh, how exacting do you find that as you're working on even a, a Christmas or whatever, whatever genre of music, how exacting do you find that to guide you to write a certain type of song where you're like, okay, this doesn't quite sound right. We need to adjust this. And then having a, a collaborator in who's got a, a sense of a different genre of music, a younger genre of music. 
I mean, well, first of all, it's funny you mentioned Perfect Pitch because with Sean, that was one of the things I knew about him right away in that, like, a class, one of the classroom scenes in the Hallmark movie out. I heard him singing from the back of the class, and I was like, that kid has perfect pitch. And it's not just like a matter of you can sing on tune. It's like you are into the nitty gritty heart of the note with like, with the like milla, milla note, milla pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't quite get the question. I don't, I, I, Tell, ask me again, like the specific question. Within, okay. I got everything you were saying. That, uh, that that's fine. Of of how when when you hear music the way you do, and you've you've got an idea, you're working with someone who also has that, and, and especially knowing that he's got that as well. Does right. that make the does that make the creation process? I'll phrase it this way: Does it make the creation process easier or more difficult? when you know what's kind of driving you when you're then you're assembling different chords together you want everything to sound just right because you you're gonna want the musical sound you can't just mail that in those of us that have a good sense of pitch yeah yeah so there's that and there's also like the mix process and the frequencies so it makes it easier to communicate musically it's like speaking a shorthand speaking a language so i speak that with sean i speak that with a lot of people i work with um, what makes it hard, but makes it better because, you know, your game is constantly getting upped is it's, you know, it's like anyone listening who has that kind of like compulsion, like when they're organizing their house, for instance, that once you start, like I, my house could be really messy, but then once I start, I'm practically alphabetizing things. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this has to go there and this has to go there. And it's like OCD. So I'm like that with music. The deeper I get into it and the deeper I get into it with people like you described who, are, who share a similar sense of not perfection, but like a clarity in what we want. You can't. It's like you can never stop. I mean, I'll listen to my records. So, you know, my, my last, oops, sorry, it's my dog, Joey. Um, <laughs> he's got his sweater on. He's ready for a walk, but he's, he heard walk. Nice, walk. nice. Give, give me a few minutes, Joe. Give me a few minutes. But, uh, um, you know, it's almost like I will never, ever listen to one of my records and not hear something I could have done better. Oh, that frequency could be, you know, that could be a little brighter. This could be sitting a little better in the mix. That delay could have been a little... So the attention to detail is crazy making, but in a great way because, you know, it is it is kind of all in the details and it is in the details of like arrangements. You know, I always loved Quincy Jones. I always loved what he did with Michael Jackson because you listen to those records and it's like a Tetris puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's not just a cacophony of instruments playing. It's very well thought out. So I like to work with people like that where things really have kind of a sensibility to certain sensibility. So it makes it more fun, more crazy making, easier and better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there's a, the there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, yes. oh, okay. So your favorite Hallmark town of all the, of all the oh. movies, the ones you're in, the ones you're not in, what's your favorite oh Hallmark my God, town? That's- so funny. Okay, so you know, my my movie was set, well, movies, the the the, the original and the sequel were set in Youngstown, Ohio. And I loved that town. I went I went and did the symphony there. I did a symphony date and I was like, "Oh my god, such a cute town." And 
So I did love that, but I'm going to go with, so one of my all-time favorite Hallmark movies, and I have no ties to this movie, meaning I'm not friends with anybody in it. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who directed it. But uh, Christmas in Homestead. Mm. So it's where there's like a movie star that comes to a small town, and it's like the mayor is a single dad. And I don't know. I love that town. I love the feeling of that movie. It's it's probably five or so years old at this point. And I it just came on again the other day, and I was reminded as to how much I love Homestead. I don't even remember where Homestead is or if it's real, <laughs> but who cares? I'll keep my eye out for it over the coming weeks. I'm sure it's going to be on Hallmark at some point or, or another. Yeah, day. so what I like, what you got to love about Hallmark is it's always like it's like New York by way of Vancouver, Homestead by way of Vancouver, right. Youngstown, <laughs> Ohio by way of Vancouver. You're like, I didn't know Ohio had all these, like, ski slopes and mountains. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but they make it work. <laughs> you kind of forget about the geography for a couple hours or so. Yeah, it, it works yes, out. Yes, I mean, the way they do up, like, the um, the taxi stand at an airport is unbelievable because, you know, you're outside of some little something, whatever, some office building or some, and, you know, they have you convinced it's an airport and mm-hmm. we're waiting for our Uber. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's, they're amazing. I love Hallmark. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, we're, I'm going to be watching plenty more of that over the next few weeks. So I, looking ahead to next year, I read in an article that you are what planning a holiday album. Yes, I'm actually um, probably two thirds of the way done with it, and because vinyl takes so long to press. And everything's got to be on vinyl now, especially a Christmas album with the beautiful packaging and everything. I have to be done with it fairly soon. Hmm. But it's fun because finishing it during the actual holiday season really, really puts you in the mood. So, yes, I'm working on the final ideas for that. Um, And, yeah, it'll be a mix of originals and classics and a mix of styles because I do love everything from the Ronnie Spector, Phil Spector sound, which Mariah has, you know, done in her own way so beautifully and Kelly Clarkson has done so beautifully and I love orchestral stuff I love big band stuff I love the kind of modern take you know that I did with Christmas Star so there's going to be a blend of styles because I've waited 35 years to do this <laughs> good We're, that will be something to look forward to very last question about 30 seconds here before I have to let you go The Body Remembers has been out for a little over three months um how have the fans fully reacted now they've had weeks and months to digest all the material on there? What, any songs that surprised you in terms of, wow, I didn't think they were going to like this one? Or and what, what are your general thoughts quarter of a year on? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, you know, I feel, here's what I feel. I feel we artists should never dumb down our fans and think like they're going to like the most obvious track. So nothing ever surprises me. I'm thrilled there's been such an amazing response to the song Legendary because Legendary for me is one of the richer songs on the album. I mean, you know, it's I try to make everything rich in terms of like, even if it's a super fun, upbeat dance song, I want there to be layers within the vocals. You know, there's trite and then there's rich and still fun. So I always try to go for that combo, but Legendary is a very sophisticated song. It was very hard to put together musically. Brian Maloof, who mixed it, who, you know, he's worked on, he's worked with Michael Jackson on the original Bad album and so many artists and a lot of rock artists. And he was like, I, I, 
thought of him for it because I needed someone to really like help me bridge all the transitions. And he was like, wow, this is like a beautiful, crazy mess that I have to. And I'm like, I know. That's why I called you. Um, because it, it travels and songs these days don't always travel. And that's part of the beauty of certain songs are hypnotic, but legendary for me, the fact that people have taken its message to heart, which is don't just be great at what you do, but also be a kind human being, be uh, somebody who roots for other people. All of those things, in my opinion, make people legendary. Your, your neighbor down the street who, you know, worked for the post office for 50 years and now hands out the best candy at Halloween and is kind and friendly. Like to me, that's a legend. It doesn't have to be somebody famous. Um, And so the fact that people have taken that message to heart and to see the audiences react to it live in Vegas was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. It felt like people were very moved. And as a songwriter, that's like, that's all I ever want to do is move people. So that for me was like the standout in terms of reaction. And I also love that people, cause I do this, I I'm in a different mood every day. So I could visit a different playlist that I've made or a different uh, song from a particular album. And it changes and it changes even for me every day with my own music. What's a favorite, you know? So I love that people kind of are like, oh, I'm feeling Love Don't Care right now, or I'm feeling Red Carpet Ready right now. And I do feel like this album has a long life ahead of it. I feel like 2022 is the year we're really going to, I say we, me and my team and my label, and we're going to, you know, hit the ground running and really roll out singles this year and and keep it moving and hopefully, you know, tour the world with it eventually and uh, you know, it's it's a, a 15 song album, so it's got a lot of life ahead of it. <laughs> it's a, lot of, a lot of good songs in that. A lot of lot of single video ready songs in that. So that's a lot to look forward to next year. Thank you. And yes, videos are fun. It's such a fun thing to be able to put a visual. Again, especially as a songwriter, you kind of like can let people into your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I look forward to the video process. It's fun being a girl making videos. <laughs> I could I could tell with the Christmas star one that 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 really shone through right there. What exactly what you said? Definitely so. Good vibes all around, especially in Christmas star. Give it a listen. November. Well, it's our it's already out now. Listen to the song, watch the video, and more to come next year. Debbie, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for chatting, and we'll look forward to all the material coming in the future. Thank you for your long, thorough uh, questions. You know, like we get a lot of requests and it's funny because it was like, hey, this radio station in Wisconsin, it's like we all had this great feeling about you and the questions you were going to ask. So we we fast-tracked this interview and I'm really glad we did. Well, well, thank you for fast-tracking it. That That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. All the best. Merry thank Christmas. You. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year as well. You too. That was an absolute blast with Debbie Gibson. Great, great chat going into music creation and such. And, of course, Christmas Star, the new song that's out. You can find it online to watch the video. You can listen to the song. It's streaming. DebbieGibsonOfficial.com is her website. DebbieGibsonOfficial.com. She's very much engaged on social media, Facebook, Instagram. You'll do in particular, you'll find her there. You can find all the links to all things Debbie Gibson and other assorted social media platforms if you go to DebbieGibsonOfficial.com. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. 
Thanks to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, my employer for providing the facilities to do a lot of these interviews. You can listen to a lot of these music interviews and watch some of them as well at GreatestHits981.com where it says Features. Put the mouse over there. It'll say Interviews. Click there. You can also go to our YouTube channel for Greatest Hits 98.1. Also, for Got Time for a Quick Story, you can find it on a lot of podcast platforms. Subscribe to it. You'll find out about new episodes when they arrive and also rate it preferably higher so the word will spread more about this podcast. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.